Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Getting to know your new spouse can be a big adjustment. When Dina and I got married, um, there were always moments when I'd wake up and say, well, I thought you liked that, or why did you do that? I had a lot of questions as I tried to understand her. And 35 years later, she's still asking me, why did you do that? Did you mean to say that that way? <laughs> we so ask that It's a never-ending process, and it takes effort to make it happen. I'm John Fuller, along with my friends and colleagues here at Focus, Greg and Aaron Smalley, and um, the two of you have had so many stories about adjusting, and I'm sure that there's a story or two that comes to mind about your early years. Absolutely, there's a story. <laughs> Not many just one, stories. Many, yeah. yeah, I can remember those early years, and Greg would spend Saturday watching sports, and I'd be like, "Why do you have to watch every single game?" I mean, I just didn't because understand that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that was before all the fancy technology. I can remember too. He. I, I like to sleep in. I worked late at night and he, he I woke up one morning and he said, um, I just want to ask, um, is everything okay? And I was like, well, yeah, it's fine. He goes, well, I just noticed you don't make breakfast. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't eat breakfast. That's right. I, I don't, don't make like breakfast, breakfast <laughs> because I usually sleep until, you know, mid morning because I'm a night nurse. So yeah, no, but there's many things and we continue to adjust in so many different areas yeah. um, 28 years later. Well, in my defense, it was because my mom spoiled me, so she would have this really piping hot, amazing breakfast ready in the morning when we'd come down. I just naturally thought that's what all wives did. Yeah. And, and I learned a very valuable lesson from that day. Because <laughs> that doesn't usually go well yeah. when you say, my mommy did this. <laughs> yeah. That was actually all I got out. Because she said, why, why are you asking me if I'm mad at you? And I said, well, you know, I notice you, you don't cook breakfast. Are, you, are we okay? And she's like, what? Why? And what I said, well, my mom. And that was yeah. the part. Like, it's like, okay. And I think it ended with, um, Greg, if you want a hot breakfast, you can light your cornflakes on fire. And, uh, yeah. but, but we, we definitely have learned over the years how to, how to talk through yeah. issues mm-hmm. like that. Well, that's our podcast for today. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Just don't say my mom. Greg's going to yeah. cook Aaron breakfast now. Let's go ahead. Yeah, seriously, let's go ahead and um, hear from Dr. David Clark. He's fun. He has some great perspectives and very uh, biblical insights about improving communication as a couple. And here he is now with Jim Daly. David, uh, welcome back to Focus on the Family. Well, my pleasure. Hey, David, let's get into it. Men and women, uh, we confuse each other so much in the marital relationship. We don't understand each other. We are different. Um, is it actually possible to understand each other? <laughs> There's the opening question. Can we get uh, there? No, and this concludes with the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, there we go. <laughs> I think, now, never totally. That's part of the mystery of marriage. Okay, that's God good. Makes that's us good so to know. Different. So perfection is unattainable. No way, no way. That's why opposite-sex relationships are God's plan. Uh, Same sex, you can have a great friend of the same sex, but it's never going to be that intimate because you're too much alike. The difference is if we manage them the right way, create never-ending intimacy. They can also drive you crazy, uh, so you have to get the balance. Well, you said you had to adjust to some differences when you married Sandy. What were those differences? Oh, man alive. My mother's listening, and she should be because it's her (laughs) fault. Kathy Clark spoiled me. I was the baby of the family. It's great to be the baby. She did everything for me and seemed to be happy doing so. 
Never did a chore. If I are you if, serious? I'm telling you, very, very little. You didn't learn to do your own laundry. No, no. Okay, that's I terrible. recommend that now, but I didn't have to do it. I'm going <laughs> to call your mom. It. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I, I, and Sandy's home was like a concentration camp compared to mine. <laughs> what does that mean? I was sitting on the couch. I just I, we were dating for a year, and I visited her home and. And all of them, Eric, her brother, and mom and dad were all feverishly working on all these tasks. And I was sitting there going, wow, what a nightmare. <laughs> what is the matter with these people? So Sandy was used to doing things and acts of service is her uh, love language. None of that was covered in our dating, luckily. So we, we end up in Dallas. I was at Dallas Seminary for two years, and we get married. And I, I move into this horribly dumpy apartment, and I literally did nothing for the first couple of months. I thought that's how it was supposed to be. And Sandy would be happy to take the mantle from my mother and just take care of everything. Laundry, cooking. She had a full-time job. I was in seminary. I had some odd jobs, but I was doing critical work, God's work. I didn't do anything. And, it was, and Sandy finally had enough and said, what, you're a slug. I said, what are you talking about? And so I had to make a big adjustment. She said, you're doing the dishes from now on? I said, yes, ma'am. And you're going to do the laundry? I said, yes, ma'am. I'll do that. Did you ever turn anything pink? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, good. And she that's, kept going. That's huh? one of the guys made your strategy. Screw it up so badly that they'll never have you do it again. <laughs> we do we do that sometimes. Uh, you know what? Sandy's smarter than that. Plus, I would have these, these seminary papers, four or five due every week, and I would have her do the typing. I would finish up maybe 10 o'clock at night. I would go to bed, and she'd spend two or three hours typing my paper. Mm. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Okay, all the women listening oh, just went, ooh. They hate me. We what don't is like the matter David. with this guy? I was but terrible. Let me ask you this. In that context... Was that kind of, for your mom, did that feel like she loved you, that she was taking care of all of this? Right. And she then, was perfectly happy doing it. And and you translated it that way, did you? Yeah. That's and what then, I was used to. And then Sandy, having some issues with it, did that ruffle your feathers oh, a bit? Oh, man. I couldn't believe it. I thought you, because that's how I interpret love, people doing things for me. <laughs> what, a, what a perfect match. You sound like a dictator. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I really was clueless. So, Greg, how can couples be on the same page when it comes to doing chores around the house? I tell you, for me, it's super simple, and I learned this lesson the hard way. You just do them all. Right. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, that probably could help. I'll never forget the day that I walked in after work. So I'm coming home from being here at the office at Focus on the Family. I take the kids to school in the morning. Erin picks them up, so she was with them. So you just, just picture the scene. Where I'm walking in and the kids are acting out, they're not doing homework, Aaron is trying to get dinner going, it's just that chaos. So I walk in, I can just feel it. And so I simply, because I'm such an amazing husband, went right up to her and said, hey, how, how, how can I help? Genuinely wanting to know what Reasonable can I do. Question. And I'll never forget her response was, um, you're an adult, why don't you look around and figure it out. Just jump in. <laughs> I, was, I was so... I don't know that I said it in that tone. Oh, but that's, that, that's word that, that was for word. That the message of what I was saying. And I, we, we told this story on the broadcast. And there was all kinds of people who were upset with me for saying that. Because they were like, well, he was genuinely asking a question. Well, he was. But we're equally responsible for this home and for our children. And so I'm like, well, can you see the piles of laundry and the children melting down and the dishes stacked up in the sink? I'm like, do you not see the same thing that I see? Why do you have to ask me? Well, and it was, and again, it was totally fair for her to say that because of this reason. The message 
the implicit message around that mm-hmm. was that that hey this is all really your responsibility yeah. but mm-hmm. because out of the graciousness of it's, my heart yeah. in this moment I'm willing to help. I could see you failing <laughs> yeah. at every level. So is there any one of these these uh, aspects of life that you would like me to work at? So later on that night, I, I just, I said, hey, that was, I, I was genuinely trying to help. And that felt really harsh. Like that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and through that conversation, and that's ultimately what Erin shared. She said, you know, the way that comes across is that I'm really responsible for all this. And, but in this moment, you're just willing to help. She goes, I, I get your heart. And I was in a bad mood anyway. But she goes, that's how it comes across. And it was literally a light bulb moment. You know, you could see the light bulb flicker on bright above my head. And I think, John, it was in that moment that I realized that there were areas of our marriage that showed up that way. That, that listen, this is kind of my responsibility, so I'll do it. In, in, I mean, we'd had conversations and divided out, mm-hmm. you know, chores and responsibilities and all that. But, but what I took from that is that I don't want to show up like that anymore. I, I, I don't want Aaron to ever feel that, 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 well, this is yours, this is mine. So, so I'll kind of help you whenever I feel like it. And, and so I think that was the lesson I learned. And I think that has to be, the, the starting place mm-hmm. is that we both realize that the state of our marriage and family, that's e- we're equally 100% responsible. And I think if you start from that place, you know, then, then, then you can figure out how to talk through and divide out mm-hmm. chores and those kinds of things. Have you seen, uh, as I have, that there are seasons for some of this stuff? For instance, um, early on, we didn't have kids. Dina was at home and she would make the meals. Yeah. And she has this thing about kitchens, and so she would clean up too. Well, over the years, there have been ebbs and flows in her ability to do either of those things. And so most recently, I have found that after dinner, she is sitting at the table, and she's not wanting to clean the kitchen. She's done. <laughs> she's she's spent her day. And you know what? I can step up and clean the kitchen. It's okay. It's not a big deal. We can keep talking while I'm doing that. So there have been some seasons for us. Have you experienced that? Mm-hmm, absolutely. There's been different seasons and specifically through the season of COVID that we were both home and just recognizing there were three meals a day to be made. I was working full-time. He was working full-time. Kids were home needing to be homeschooled. And Greg really stepped in and picked up a lot of cooking and cleaning. And Greg had never really cooked a meal in his life. That and anyone wanted to eat. That's, that is a true <laughs> differentiation. But he's, he's done some good things, and it's been really nice. And so, yes, for different seasons, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's different seasons of, of kids and different seasons of work and just recognizing your teammates. Yeah. So sit down and talk about if something's not working, speak up. Be, be courageous and let your spouse know, hey, can, can we have a conversation about something that's going on that's really bothering me? And if you say it once and they don't get it, say it again. Well, that was my point in bringing that up is that this is an ongoing thing. Don't yes. let things devolve. I mean, sh- surely there can be changes, but don't just assume. We talked about that 25 years ago, and it remains that way today. You've got to come back and revisit some of those things and give each other some grace and help. 
Well, we want to help you in your relationship, whether you're a newlywed couple or maybe you've been married for decades. Um, Regardless, you can have a healthier marriage, and we'd love to help. Our free marriage assessment is certainly one way that uh, you might experience a little more togetherness, finding out uh, what's working, what might need to be addressed as a couple. Um, We're approaching, I think, almost a million individuals who have taken that, and um, it's free. We'll link over to it in the show notes. And um, if you can, while you're on the website, please make a generous donation to the Ministry of Focus on the Family so we can continue making podcasts and articles and videos and making resources available to you, like Dr. David Clark's book, Men Are Clams, Women Are Crowbars. This is a Focus on the Family book. We'll send a copy of that to you. It's our thank you gift when you make a generous donation of any amount. Again, details in the show notes or call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Next time, Ryan and Selena Frederick join us to discuss building your marriage on Christ, the solid rock. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of the Smallies and the rest of the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.